0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Neo Shabin. This audio series is true crime horror stories that happen to real people, things that we just can't explain. I always say the creepiest crimes happen in small towns. Maybe it's because it's so many hidden secrets. Who knows? Before we start, we just want to give a very big shout out to our sponsors, Gore Culture, your first stop for all horror-related content, preferred source for latest thrillers, sci-fi, horror films, news, and more. And also, big shout out to MVB Films Productions for giving us a platform. It's evil. Real Alabama cases. Alabama man killed by police outside elementary school was mentally ill. Suicidal. Gassed in Alabama, last week when Justin White saw his brother for the last time, he gave him a cigarette. To him, his brother seemed a little off but that wasn't anything unusual. He always seemed off, he said. A week later, the brother he called Bobby was dead. Robert Tyler White, 32, was killed by police outside Walnut Park Elementary School in Gaston, Thursday morning. In the moments before his death, Etowah County Sheriff Jonathan Horton said the school resource office, who also works for Rainbow City Police, responded to the situation and called for assistance from other law enforcement. A physical altercation ensued, police said, and the man was shot and killed. The resource officer received minor injuries. Justin said his brother suffered from depression and other mental health problems. He's got some serious mental issues, he said. Justin, who's a year and nine days younger than his brother, said he'd learned about the incident on the news, who was shot and killed by police. He told me my brother went there to F him up, he said. He walked up that way towards the school. Justin said he doesn't believe that Robert Tyler White would try to harm children. He wasn't some psycho trying to hurt kids, the brother said. He was just a messed up individual. He had problems, but he wouldn't hurt no kid. White said he believes his brother engaged in what he called a suicide by cop. I think he was trying to get himself killed, he said. Bobby grew up in Gasson and even attended Walnut Park Elementary as a child. The two never really had a close relationship. He's been depressed, and I know he was suicidal, he said, but he wouldn't ever hurt nobody else. Justin said his brother had been a garbage man in North Carolina for eight years before coming back to Gasden. Justin doesn't think his brother ever got the mental health help he needed. Not really, he said, but I thought he was doing good. Still, Justin said, he was surprised when he found out his brother had been involved in the incident at the elementary school. But at the same time, no, because he's a hothead. Now, with his brother gone, Justin White feels numb. I've lost so many people in the last few years, he said. Justin said what happened to his brother was a tragedy. He was just a sick person and he was at the wrong place, Justin said. Story number two. Fiend confesses to killing all five family members, including three young children. A 14-year-old confessed to shooting and killing his entire family at their Alabama home late Monday night, including his five-year-old sister and two brothers, who were six years old and six months old, police said. The victims also included his father, John, 38, and Mary, his 35-year-old stepmother. The teenager called authorities late on Monday to say he heard gunshots while in the basement, prompting a police response The boy, who has not been identified, said he had run out of the home after hearing the gunshots. However, investigators later discovered enough discrepancies in his statement and called him in for further questioning. The teenager then confessed to killing all five members of his family with a 9mm handgun. The teen is facing five counts of juvenile murder charges, but could eventually be charged as an adult. The shooting happened around 11pm. Three of the family members were found dead at their home while two others were airlifted to the local hospital in critical condition, where they later died. the teen assisted investigators in recovering the handgun, which authorities say he tossed after the killings. Later on Tuesday, investigators said they had located the gun by the side of the road. It was not immediately clear who the gun belonged to or how it had been obtained. Young said the handgun was in the home illegally. Officials at Elmont High School asked for prayers for the school and community. Young called the killings a tragedy. Unfortunately, we are here to discuss a tragedy on a scale that we are not used to here in Limestone County, Young said at the press conference. It's important that you understand this is a community that has a lot of healing to do right now. Story number three, the missing persons. Two friends from Alabama who flew to Sacramento to enjoy a California vacation have likely been murdered. Dexter Pelk, 25, of Greene County, Alabama, and John DeBowles, Jr., 20, of Tuscaloosa, arrived at Sacramento International Airport on the morning of November 4th. Surveillance footage obtained by the Sacramento County Sheriff's Office shows the men getting into a dark blue four-door sedan, potentially a Nissan or Toyota, at the airport. According to family members, their last contact was a confirmation from Pelt, to his mother that he'd arrived in Sacramento. Two days later, after no word from either man, family members filed the missing persons report with Sacramento police. Investigators then obtained records from Pelt and Depot's mobile phone providers, which placed the men in a few different areas around the region, including a small town about an hour out north of Sacramento. The Butte County Sheriff's Office announced Tuesday they believe both men were murdered at the residence in Gridley. One suspect, Ricardo, 30, was arrested and charged with two counts of murder on November 14th. A second suspect, Alfredo, 35, is still being sought. In the days after Pelt and Debo's disappearance, Gridley police and the Sutter County Sheriff's Office traced Debo's phone to the Shutter's bypass wildfire area. Upon further investigation, they located an individual who found their phones while hunting by Feather River Bridge. But searchers and ATVs were launched in the area, canvassing the open space outside the town. The search of the entire area surrounding the bridge crossing yielded no additional information. On November 9th, police got a hit for Pelt's phone near Super 8 Oldman Hotel in Madison Avenue in Sacramento. Investigators spoke with the hotel staff and searched the area, but did not locate the men. Over the past three weeks, detectives have interviewed individuals in the Bay Area and the Los Angeles area. The sheriff's office said in statement, the friends and family members provided additional evidence that all signs of life ended shortly after Pelt and DeBose arrived in Butte County. Detectives believe their bodies were hidden by the suspects the Texas would like to interview anyone who interacted and had contact with Ricardo. Alfredo is believed to be driving a 2008 Nissan Altima with the Californian's license plate 6VAR204. Anyone with information is asked to call police at 530 671 Story number four a man who authorities say killed two 17-year-old girls and left their bodies in a car trunk in 1999. Cobley Lewis, 45, of Dothan, is charged with five counts of capital murder and one count of first-degree rape. According to the records from the Dell County Jail, he is being held with a bond following his first court appearance Monday morning. McCraney is charged with multiple counts of capital murder each in the death of J.B. Beasley and Tracy Pollitt, whose bodies were found in the trunk of Beasley's car, August 1st, 1999. McCraney is charged with multiple counts of capital murder. The grim discovery was made in a woody area about a mile from where McCraney lived, when just short of 20 years after the crime, charges were filed against Cold Craney in the death of the two victims, who were last seen alive. In the years since the girls were killed, McCraney had served in the military, worked a truck driver in 2013, created a nonprofit organization called Spirit and Truth Lifeline Ministries. Meanwhile, the families of the two slain teens have held a vigil every year where their bodies were found. Ozark police chief Marlis Walker said during a news conference on Monday morning that he was startled when he learned DNA evidence linked McCraney, who he said he knows, to the unsolved slayings, like Walker and McCraney grew up, and around Ozark. I was very surprised. I was surprised when I saw the results. Every person I talked to said the same thing. But the DNA doesn't lie, Walker said. The killing of Beasley and Hollett had haunted the wild grass regions of South Alabama for nearly two decades. Steve Marshall thanked the victims of the family members, some of whom were at the Monday's news conference, for the patience over the years it took to track down the teen alleged killers. Dale County District Attorney Kurt Adams explained during Monday's news conference that the two charges for each girl stem from two allegations, that two or more people were killed and that they were killed with a deadly weapon while in a vehicle. The fifth count of murder stems from the fact McCraney is accused of killing Beasley during the commission of rape, Adams said. The capital murder charges makes McCraney eligible for the death penalty. A reporter asked the district attorney, if he decided whether his office would seek the death penalty against the teen's alleged killer. You hear this referred to a cold case. What I hope you recognize today is that it was an open case, an ongoing investigation. But what I hope it does is begin to provide answers. Beasley and Hallett, both seniors at Northview High School in Dothan, vanished July 31st, after they got lost on their way to a party being held in nearby Headland in honor of Beasley's birthday. Hollett's mother, Carol Roberts, said at the time that the girls ended up at a convenience store in Ozark, about 20 miles away, where her daughter called home to say they'd gotten lost, but were on their way home. The Southeast Sun Enterprise reported in 2001 that the two women told police investigators they ran into the girls at the store and gave them directions back to Dothan. It was the last time Beasley and Hollett were seen alive. The teen's body were found about 2 p.m. the next day in the trunk of Beasley's black Mazda. Each had been shot once in the head. They had not been robbed. Their purses, cash, and jewelry were still in the vehicle. State forensic experts said at the time that neither girl appeared to have been raped, but semen was found in Beasley's clothing and skin. Investigators believe McCraney encountered the girls after they left the convenience store near where their bodies were later abandoned. A then 25-year-old McCraney was divorced from his wife and was ordered to undergo a DNA test July 30, 1999. McCraney's name never came up as a potential suspect during the investigation in 1999. McCraney remarried in 2001. As of last May, he was listed as a bishop, motivational speaker, worker for the Lord on the Facebook page of HO, Heart of God, a ministry that appears to hold service around the Ozark area. The Minister's Chief Executive Officer, James Lee Fuller, posted videos Monday of new coverage of the murder case on Sunday. Fuller posted a video of him leading a prayer. Kinship interphrase narrowed the suspect down to McCraney Walker. Investigators obtained a DNA sample from McCraney. The Alabama State Crime Lab confirmed the match between his DNA and that which was left at the crime scene. Walker said he was stunned to learn the investigators had identified a suspect in the long unsolved case. He said he had to sit in the office chair for three hours to process the news. It's one of those things where you say, is this really happening? He said the arrest was a long time coming for the community. The chief said he never doubted that the case would someday be solved. As far back as last year was to get there before the 20th anniversary. Just two young girls enjoying a birthday party. Get lost on the way. And someone takes advantage of them. You never know who's watching. We'll see you next time on It's Evil, Real Alabama Cases. Stay safe. hey guys it's Miosha bean thank you guys for listening to my podcast and just watching all of the videos that we are sharing on our youtube and facebook and instagram platform i want to just offer you guys a membership level guys um we're offering it on patreon at Miosha bean official page for five dollars become a loyal subscriber to get early access videos to videos that i will never drop on youtube that i will never drop or has ever been out or seen um, by the public. So you get to have access to behind the scenes, interviews, and also we're offering membership on M B V Films Productions on my YouTube channel as well. You get to have membership live chats, access to early videos, and you get to connect to me personally on social media once you become a member. Um, There's three tiers, so there's a lot of special perks on that channel as well. So head over there to MBB Film Productions on YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much for your support. It really means a lot to me and to our team. We'll see you guys soon.